want to be. You feel like you're supposed to be somewhere else. You said it. Well, say you could snap your fingers and be wherever you wanted to be. I bet you'd still feel this way, not in the right place. The point is you can't get so hung up on where you'd rather be that you forget how to make the most of where you are. What are you telling me? Take a break from worrying about what you can't control. Live a little. Welcome to... You're listening to The Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. What's the word, y'all? Welcome, everybody, back to a brand new episode of The Wrestling Takeover Podcast. The most creative and honest podcast in the entire internet wrestling community. That's a fact. It's not a prediction. It's a spoiler. But I appreciate y'all joining me. Um, We got some wrestling news. I'm going to save the promotion, all my social media stuff. I'm going to save that towards the end of the podcast. I want to get into uh, some of these news reports. Um... So let's get it. So Fightful. We're going to start with Fightful. All right. The title of the article reads as follows. Kevin Owens. He says, I want our WWE tag team title run to be looked at in the same vein as the Usos reign. I love Kevin Owens. I love Sami Zayn. Um, and what I'm going to start doing is I'm actually going to start reading the report first, and then I'm going to trace back and give you guys my opinion on all of these reports. So we're going to change it up instead of me, um, giving you guys my opinion outright and then read the report. I'm actually going to read the report and then give you guys my honest opinions on the report. So let's get it. So, at WrestleMania 39, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn finished the story, winning the undisputed WWE Tag Team titles by defeating the Usos, um, Jimmy and Jay. Speaking to Alex McCarthy of Inside the Ropes, the champions commented on winning the titles. Quote, given the history we've had, he and I, I doubtly, triply, quarterly special when you take into account the factors that got us here or how we got into this position and we got these titles at WrestleMania and the main event together. We started out together 20 years ago. When you all factor that into it, it's almost a storybook type of thing. You feel me? It's bigger than winning the tag team championships. I think people recognize that it's making this particular tag team title reign special to the audience because they know the story. They know the backstory. They know how and why these are so special to us. Uh, That's what Sami Zayn said. Now, Kevin Owens had this to say. One thing about winning I was concerned about before winning them is that when we did get them, I wanted to live up to the Usos title reign. They did a lot for the titles. They worked very hard to get them to a point where they could be in the main event of WrestleMania. A lot of credit goes to them for that. Honestly, so far in our run, I don't think we're anywhere near that. I really want to work hard, really, really work hard. And once come where they're all said and done with these titles and someone else takes them from us, 
I want our run to be talked about in the same vein as the Usos. That's the challenge in itself. They did really incredible. If anything, now, finally, they're getting their flowers. They've been, in my opinion, underappreciated for a long time. That was a big concern to me. I want to live up to the work that they've done, and we're working out, and we're putting our heart out to try to make sure that happens. Okay. <clears throat> Very touching what Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens said here. Now, this is where I swoop in. And I give you guys my honest opinions. I keep it 100 all the time. No matter what conversation we have on the wrestling takeover, I'm always going to keep it 100 no matter what. All right. Rather you guys like my opinion, you guys respect my opinion, or you guys dislike my opinion. You hate what I'm saying. At the end of the day, I believe I say what I say and I believe what I say. Okay. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Their run right now as tag team champions. And I'm actually going to talk about the entire uh, tag team division as well. You look at the run of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And I'm just going to be transparent with y'all. Their reign's been dog shit so far. Their reign has not been good. Um, ever since they won those titles at WrestleMania, I've been scratching my head and asking this question. What's next? What's going on with the title reign? I'm bored. The story of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and the bloodline, the entire story, has been legendary, has been fun to watch, right? Leading into that portion of WrestleMania 39 in the main event of night one. What has Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens done since winning those titles? I'll wait. Did you guys find a, a reason? You guys didn't find a reason. There's no reason. They haven't done anything with those tag team titles. They've done nothing. They're feuding with, or they were feuding with Imperium, right? They had a couple matches with the Street Profits. So you gave away two big-time matches already out of the gate with this title run. So the Street Profits lost. Imperium, who I, in my opinion, was one of the top dogs, one of the top teams who should be in consideration to take those titles away from Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But that didn't happen. Okay. You look at Pretty Deadly. Pretty Deadly is um, gaining some momentum. They're in the tag team division. It's great. So you got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. You have Imperium. You have the Street Profits. You have Pretty Deadly, right? There is a rumor going around that DIY is going to get back together. I will comment on that in a bit. So they might get back together. And then you got rumored uh, the Creed brothers are going to be on their way up to the main roster. They lost a loser leaves town match this past Tuesday. So they might be headed up to the main roster. Okay, so right now when you look at it, you have six teams. That's great. But tell me something. Is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn going to beat every single one of those teams? 
except for one, of course, which I will be bringing up in a second. Are they going to beat all of those teams? Where is the continuity in the tag team division? Listen, I want to give Triple H the benefit of the doubt. I really, really do. He's building a division around Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I understand that. I understand that. Let me talk to y'all though for a second about DIY. People in the and I'm guilty of it because I want to see it too. Everybody wants to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus DIY Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. Those who are not familiar with the Black and Gold NXT, they were DIY, aka do it yourself. Okay. So, there are people in the community that want DIY versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at SummerSlam, like myself. Now, if that happens, who's winning that match? Is DIY, who are just coming back together, reuniting, are they going to beat Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? What's the beef? What's the rivalry? What's the, why should I care about that match? You got to give me a reason. I'll give you a reason because I'm creative. I'll give you a reason. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were in NXT. All right. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano were in NXT. All four of them put on banger matches. You feel me? Who's the best in NXT? Who's the best that came out of that class? Is it Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano? Or is it Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? Talk to me. I mean, that's something that I would love to see. I think that would be an excellent story. The story of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn from NXT to where they are now. And then you look at the story of Johnny Gargano with Tommaso Ciampa. They were DIY. They were, you know, best friends. Turn bitter, uh, bitter enemies, and now they might reunite once again. They want to go after those tag team titles. They feel like nobody is giving Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn competition. This is where Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa come into play. SummerSlam, the quote unquote biggest party of the summer. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus DIY. Talk to me. Take my money. That's something I would love to see. But here's the facts of the matter. If DIY do beat Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, someone like me, I'm going to be happy for DIY. At the end of the day, though, my opinion is going to be this. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's title run was trash. They had no momentum. After WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen, you might be a fan of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And that's cool. I'm a fan of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as a tag team and as individuals. But the fact is this. Their reign, if they do lose at SummerSlam, and if the rumor match is DIY versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, I'm telling you right now, if Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn lose at SummerSlam against DIY, I'm going to consider Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's title run a failure. 
Talk to me. Tell me when I'm telling lies. You're going to look back at Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn run and ask yourself the simple question. What if? Tell me when I'm telling lies. I know that's what y'all going to think. I know that. So everybody right now, everybody's excited about Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, potentially. We don't know that. We don't know if they're going to face DIY. But it's kind of leaning into doing so. We're kind of leaning into that, right? Johnny Gargano was talking about he needs a, a best friend back. He needs his best friend back. Who was he talking to? Who was he referring to? Tommaso Ciampa. So when you look back, you know, I want to try to say, I want to try to be a philosopher and, and, and really, you know, give you guys, give you the listeners and people that, you know, might not understand what I'm saying, might not agree with what I'm saying. And that's cool. But at the end of the day, I just want you guys to understand where I'm coming from. At least see my point of view. You could disagree with me and that's fine. <laughs> I'm not bothered by it. I ain't no sweat on my back. I'm chilling. Because I stand with my opinions. Just like you stand with your opinions. At the end of the day though. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Versus DIY. We get that match at SummerSlam. Great. It's going to be an awesome match. I'm going to be very excited if that is the actual plan. But if Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn lose. And they beat DIY. People are going to look back and they're going to ask themselves, what if this title reign was trash? It was boring. It had no substance to it. That's number one. Number two, if DIY, if they lose, they just got back together and they lost already. They lost. You know, what's the reason for them challenging Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? They qualify. How'd they get this match? Hopefully WWE is going to answer those type of questions, but typically they don't act. They don't answer those questions. They think we, the audience are fools. They don't think we're intelligent. They don't think that we keep up week after week after week. And we ask questions. I ask questions. I'm either asking questions on my show or I'm asking questions on my social media. I'm asking questions. Though. They got to give us a reason for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus DIY. If DIY lose, what's the point of them coming back together? And they're going to jump in front of the line? They can't jump in front of... I love Johnny Gargano. I love Tommaso Ciampa. I'm only saying all this stuff... I'm assuming that we're getting Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus DIY. That's why I'm saying all these, all these things. At the end of the day, though, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, DIY. Great, great potential match there. Great potential match. The outcome is going to be make or break, really. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. Listen, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, they want to be... In the same echelon as the Usos. I'm going to keep it being with y'all. I love the Usos. The Bloodline storyline. One of the greatest storylines of our generation. No question. You feel me? 
But the Usos title run was I. It was I. Wasn't the greatest. Not at all. Was it boring? Not at all. Was I. It was in the middle. It was in the middle. So those are my thoughts on the opening news report on uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and, you know, their thoughts in the tag team division. We got to get the tag team division popping. And I want to trust Triple H. He's bringing in the creeds. He's reuniting, you know, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. You got Imperium. You got the Usos. You got um, the Street Profits. Right? You got all these teams potentially coming in the pipeline. Let's get the tag team division popping, man. Get it back to the glory days of the 2000s. So hopefully that's the plan. We'll see. Continuing on with Fightful, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about Steve Macklin of Impact Wrestling. He is out of Impact Slammiversary due to injury. I did see this. Um, my heart goes out to see Blackman or Steve Macklin, excuse me. Um, I'm a fan of his work in Impact. I do watch Impact just because I don't cover it. Doesn't mean I don't watch it. I do watch Impact. And I am considering ordering Slammiversary. Um, I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on that. But the report says Impact Wrestling announced that Steve Macklin will be unable to compete at Impact Slammiversary due to an injury suffered during the Impact Down Under Tour on June 30th. Uh, Macklin was scheduled to team with Bully Ray to take on Scott Demore and PCO. Bully's new partner will be announced on Monday's episode of Busted Open Radio from Impact. Um, they actually have a quote here. And I'm going to read all of it. So they say, quote, uh, major change confirmed from Slammiversary match on Saturday, July 15th. Um, former Impact Wrestling World Champion Steve Macklin is unable to participate in the high profile Slammiversary taxi match on Saturday, July 15th at the St. Clair College Sportsplex in Wilson, Ontario, Canada. Macklin suffered an injury at Impact's uh, just competed down under tour in Australia and is unable to participate at the Slammiversary Impact Wrestling Confirm. Macklin was scheduled to team with uh, Bully Ray in a special grudge match against PCO and Scott Demore. The match will continue as scheduled. Bully's Ray new tag team partner will be announced live on Busted Open Radio this Monday, July 10th, airing on Sirius XM Nation Channel 156. Um, yeah, so... That uh, that's that's a bummer. That's a bummer, man. Um, it's funny. I'll comment on this and then I'll uh I'll move on to the next report here. You know, people don't give Impact Wrestling a lot of credit. Um, Impact Wrestling has been doing some good stuff, but in situations like this, not the Steve Macklin injury. But the Scott Demore participation, like, what is that? Why is the owner or GM or president or whatever you want to call Scott Demore? Why is he competing? I actually seen, listen, Impact does some crazy shit. <laughs> they do some crazy shit to get people talking, right? Because... This is the reality of the situation. I'm just going to put the, the cards on the table right now. Okay. I love Impact Wrestling. 
I watch when I can. Um, the the X division is very fun. The X division is great. I love what I see there. Trey Miguel. Um, you know, you got you got some others there. I'm not really familiar with the rosters. You know, name and and people on the roster, but uh, they got a good roster. I know that for a fact. Um, it's not a WWE roster. It's not an AEW roster, but they have a good uh, a roster. You know, to give us some good television. The X division is great. I feel like it's the bread and butter of Impact, in my personal opinion. Um, the Knockouts division is very good, man. You got some dominant females in that division. Um, it's too much to name. Uh, Deanna Prazo. You got Mickey James. Um, you know, you got you got some others. I like I said, the names aren't coming to my mind, but for you Impact fans out there, you guys know that you guys have a good uh, Knockouts division, a good x division and at the end of the day you know um my main complaint from impact will continue to be they need to get a better tv deal they need to get more eyes on the show they got to figure out a way they got to figure out a way man um but i'll keep you guys updated on if i'm going to watch slammiversary i got to see the entire card first and if i'm impressed with what the card is presenting you guys might be getting a review on the wrestling takeover for impact wrestling slammiversary so i'll keep you guys updated and yes i know um trinity trinity star i believe or her name is just trinity i know she will be competing um against diana Perazzo for the knockouts championship that is one of the high profile matches of the entire show of the event uh hopefully like i said i get to watch it i'll get to review it give you guys my opinion on it um, Trinity is not really making waves on impact. Um, just from the numbers and, you know, everyone's a numbers type of person, I guess from the numbers is not really looking like she hitting a home run with it, but at the same time, she is gaining traction from impact. People are watching because of Trinity and her being on impact. I know she wants to make a change, an important change in the knockouts division and an impact wrestling in general at the end of the day listen i don't give a fuck who you know returns or debuts in impact wrestling they gotta get a better tv deal and they gotta get more momentum under their belt so hopefully they can figure that out man because they're just in a stagnant position right now it's just how it is hopefully they can get that rectified athena Y'all ready to talk about Athena? I'm ready to talk about Athena. Love Athena. But ever since the woman left WWE, where's she at? What's she doing? Well, she's in Ring of Honor. I don't watch Ring of Honor. I don't watch Ring of Honor. I don't care about Ring of Honor. So I don't... Just kind of, you know... Nah. I'm not with it at all. But... I am a fan of Athena, man. I want to see her. I thought I thought that Athena was going to be on AEW Dynamite or AEW Collision. She's in Ring of Honor. Why? That doesn't make any sense to me. It's ridiculous. But Athena is a tiny jealous, quote, unquote, with Willow Nightingale uh, wrestling in Japan, promised to beat the... Okay, 
So she was being interviewed. All right. She was being interviewed um, with Fightful's uh, Gaspar podcast. Check out the podcast, guys. Athena was asked about the Nightingale getting to wrestle in Japan and how the uh, Bob with power is currently uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Women's Champion, even though now it is Gula, who is the new New Japan Pro Wrestling Women's Strong Champion. And all I'm waiting for is Gula announcing that she's going to be coming to America, right? I know Mercedes Monday is hurt right now. If we can get Gula versus Mercedes Monday, I'm watching that shit. I'm watching that shit. But that's here nor there. So Athena had this to say. And some level, I'm tiny, I'm a tiny bit jealous. Willow has accomplished a lot. I've been wanted to go and wrestle for stardom. Um, that is where Mercedes Monet is. She's in stardom. I've wanted to go to Japan. That's what I was known as an independent before I got to sign with WWE. The American Joshi. It's always been a dream of mine to wrestle in Japan. The fact that I get to wrestle so many of these phenomenal athletes coming from Japan to America is amazing because I shipped them back in broken pieces. It is. It only says, quote, we want to bring Athena over here, so we're going to bring Willow. All jokes aside, I'm very jealous of the opportunities that Willow has gotten because I've been eminent. She's been eminent, as she said, about trying to get to Japan and trying to compete on that level. I want to test my skills, and doing so, I have to do that in Japan. I know the girls that they are sending over here are great. I want to see the ones that I haven't left yet seen because I know they are phenomenal. The goalies, see, she just mentioned her. Listen, I don't give a fuck what no motherfuckers say in the community at all. I just want to make this point. Gula is a fucking beast. If you haven't watched her, go out and watch her because motherfucker, you're missing out. You're missing out. So she says, Gula, I want to wrestle Kairi, Muda, Ichiai. I want to wrestle her. There's a list, and I know who she is as well. I know who Kairi Sane is as well. Uh, there's a list of them, and most of them are in stardom. So get your girl over here. I'm not taking away from Rilla's accomplishments. Yes, she has made history, but I'm going to make better history. Oh, yeah, and by the way, I want the Ring of Honor Women's uh, Championship. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. She is the, see, this is how much I don't really care. She is actually the Ring of Honor Women's Champion. So that was interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, Listen, I think Athena is great. Like I said, I want to see her do well. I think she needs to be competing on Collision and AEW Dynamite. But if not, go to stardom. Go to all the women that you said and, and uh, you know, face to for competition. Because I feel like Athena is a um, a big fish in a small pond over there, you know, with uh, what's going on in uh, AW. So hopefully Athena can figure something out, and Athena can work it out with Tony Khan, and Tony Khan can send Athena to Stardom, and we can get those fucking bangers with Athena and all those talented women 
on stardom. So we'll see what happens there. If she does go over there, I'm definitely watching most of her matches in stardom because stardom has been putting out fucking banger matches when it comes to these women and all these women are incredible. Um, I know a lot of people don't really know half of these women, which is crazy to me. But um, you guys are definitely missing out. Y'all got to check out these women in stardom because they put on, as Seamus says, bangers. So let's get into the next news report, ladies and gentlemen. Becky Lynch says she wants to be the first woman to main event night two of WrestleMania. So she wants to be the main event twice. She made it in once already. She wants to do it again. This is coming from FIFA. Oh, Becky. So, speaking with Calls on the UK, Becky was asked about her winning uh, her wrestling bucket list, and she made it clear that she wants to be the first woman to main event the second night of WrestleMania. She also stated that she wants to win the new women's titles the new WWE Women's Championship and the Women's Championship. She said, quote, gosh, there's anything else on my wrestling bucket list. I suppose there's always want to main event WrestleMania again. And now WrestleMania has a new format. It is two nights. So it could be, it could be nice or it would be nice to be in the first woman to main event the second night of WrestleMania. Plus, we've got the new women's titles. So I want to win both of them. Let me comment. My honest opinions. All right. Number one, I love Becky Lynch. I think Becky Lynch is great. I think Becky Lynch is great. Um, I'm a fan. Um, do I see the women main eventing a WrestleMania? Yes, I do, but. It really needs to depend on two things. And these are important. It depends on the storyline. Let me get to that in a second. But it depends on the storyline and it depends on the individuals in the match. If it's a Becky Lynch, if it's a Bailey, if it's a Charlotte Flair, if it's an Asuka, if it's a Bianca Belair, it has to be Rhea Ripley. It has to be one of those women that the fans can look at and be like, okay, they should main event. But that should not be the only reason. You know, the, you know what the real reason needs to be? You know what the real reason needs to be? And I want to shout out all the people that actually got out and went and listened to my casual conversation, my singular co- casual conversation that I had. Just spewing my opinion on women's wrestling. I gave it to y'all straight. I kept it real. And the support that I've garnered with that casual conversation has been incredible. So I appreciate y'all for understanding where I'm coming from. My views, my opinions, right? Because I don't want to bullshit any of you guys. I don't. I don't want to bullshit my audience. My audience knows one thing and one thing only. That is me being real with y'all. Right? So if that's what y'all want, that's what y'all gonna get. So y'all about to get it right now. Becky Lynch, listen. Um it depends on the individuals, but it depends on the story. 
Let me drop some knowledge on y'all right now, man. Let me drop some knowledge on the new listeners. The OGs, y'all know what it is. <sighs> Women's wrestling has fallen off. Women's re- I'm a kind of I'm going to kind of make this a chapter 2 uh part just for a little bit with that conversation that I had, you know, with the podcast talking about women's wrestling. I'm going to go to chapter two real quick here. Take a couple minutes. I get what WWE and Becky Lynch are trying to do. They're trying to establish women's wrestling. Do you guys know that women's wrestling has really fallen off in WWE? There's not a lot of importance in it. There's no storylines to be invested in. I mean, if there is one, please let me know right now. I'll wait. Let me know. Can't really find one, huh? Exactly. Because there's none. Becky Lynch is in a feud with Trish Stratus and Zoe Starks. What's the beef? Becky Lynch thinks that she's a Trish Stratus. Becky Lynch, I think she's better than Trish Stratus. And Trish Stratus came back to talk to the young, the young guns, right? The old quote unquote OGs. Um, in today's WWE, of course, Becky Lynch is an OG. But Trish Stratus is the OG, OG, OG. You feel me? So Trish Stratus came into the fold coming back to the game and trying to let these women know like nah I'm still the queen I'm still the queen bitch feel me queen B that's what Trish Stratus is trying to remind Becky Lynch she's trying to remind Bianca Belair eventually hopefully we'll see Rhea Ripley same thing hopefully we'll see Charlotte Flair Bailey Asuka hopefully we'll see but she's trying to y'all get where I'm going with it all right She's trying to remind all these women that I'm still the queen bee, right? Queen bitch. That's what it stands for. All right. Trish Stratus is trying to remind Becky Lynch that she is the queen bee still in this game. She's the OG, right? She's trying to prove not only to Becky Lynch, not only to the fans, but herself as well, that she can still hang with these girls. That's why she's back. She's back to prove that she can still hang. Becky Lynch is over here saying, I'm better than you. You're the old guard now. I'm the new queen bee over here. This is my division. I'll run this. That's what Becky Lynch is saying. So there's your story right there. There's your story right there. Trish Stratus is in her bag. Becky Lynch is in her bag. And then you got Zoe Starks. Zoe Starks, you know, she's getting a great rub from Becky Lynch and a Trish Stratus. So that's great for Zoe Starks and the future of Zoe Starks. But listen, you can say that's a story. Let's keep it 100, man. The fans aren't interested in that story. Look at the fan reception in the live crowd. You can't really depend it really on social media. But if you really look at social media, people don't really care about that storyline. It's not really investing. Um, Listen, 
Are we going to get a bloodline story with the women? I mean, we need some in-depth, in-depth storylines for, the, for these women, man. Like, you know, you got the mid-card. You know, the mid-card is funky right now. It's funky. The only person, realistically, the only person that is on a huge momentum swing right now is Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is in a storyline. Rhea Ripley is the most popular woman in that division. Don't at me. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> You're entitled to your opinion, but at the end of the day, man, I'm bringing facts to the table. Y'all bring opinions. I bring facts and opinions to the table. You got to bring both. You can't just bring you can't just bring opinions. If you bring facts, that's great. That's great. But the fact is this. Rhea Ripley is the most popular female in that women's division in all of WWE. That's a fact. Number two, the fans are only realistically talking about Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley wrestling, Rhea Ripley's mannerisms, her hair, whatever. They're talking about Rhea Ripley, right? All the fans care about is Rhea Ripley. They don't really care about these other women. That's a fact. So number two. Number three. I mean, we're going to get storylines for these women that fans can seek their teeth into. Fans are not seeking their teeth into the Becky Lynch, Stratus, and Zoe Stark storyline. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm just one person. I'm just one person. Right? But if you look, you digest, you take a step back. Be a scientist. Think about this. Just think. Do you really think the fans are emotionally invested in the storyline of Tristratus and Becky Lynch? Ask yourself that question. Be real with yourself. The answer is no. They don't really care. WWE. I don't know why they don't do this i don't understand it they pick and choose who they want to push when it comes to the women they pick and choose we don't get in-depth storylines i don't know why why have a division then why have us the fans care about these women if you wwe don't care enough to book a storyline or storylines for these women. You just put women's matches together. Don't get me started with the tag team division. What tag team division? There's no tag team division. Those titles are not important. But they're working on it. And I have to understand. And I have to deal with the fact. That WWE is going to continue to have, these divi- uh, have this division. And have these titles. And also, too, when is WWE? And I understand we got NXT. You got Tiffany Stratton. You got Nikita Lyons. You got Roxanne Perez. You got Cora Jade. Those are four women right there. Those are four women that you have an opportunity, WWE. You have an opportunity. You have four of them. 
It's easy to talk about the men. Oh, you have this person, this person. This, you have like six, seven, eight new men in this generation that can be built and that are currently being built up. You look at the fucking women's division. Who's WWE invested in in the women's division? I'm not talking about Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. They don't count because they are already established. So let's go through the list one more time. And let's be real with ourselves. Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, Nikita Lyons, and Tiffany Stratton. Four. Plus, the other women that you have in the women's division. And they're not a lot either. Rhea Ripley, Asuka, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Bailey. Six. You got Carmella. You need to reestablish Carmella. You need to reestablish Alexa Bliss. That's seven. But you need to reestablish those two women. What happened to Amiya Yim? Start establishing Mia Yim once again in the OC. Like they're there, you know, she's there, but she's not really getting a lot of attention. A Chelsea Green. I told you guys I'm gonna I'm gonna get another gear here. Because this bothers me. I'm a fan of women's wrestling. You got some talented women in the WWE, but it's all about the creative. The two C's in the game in WWE. The two C's in pro wrestling. Cash, creative. The problem is creative. You need to give these women something more to do. And hell yeah, before y'all ask this question. Oh, you're just saying that because, you know, you think you're creative and all this other stuff. Hell yeah, I'm creative. Give me the ball. Give me the keys to the kingdom of the women's division. And watch this thing blossom. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. If you gave me the keys to the women's division, we're going to be telling stories. We're going to be having fun. A women's wrestling doesn't sell. Yeah, of course it doesn't sell. No matter who you have. It doesn't matter who you have in the position. They can be popular. They can be popular. That's great. But at the end of the day, women's wrestling just does not sell as much as the men do. That is a fact. Pipe bomb. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I really do. I love women's wrestling. I want women's wrestling to thrive. But it's frustrating as a fan. You read tea leaves. Right? You read the news. And you watch WWE Weekly TV. And it just feels like they're, they're being forced to put out women's wrestling. They don't genuinely want to put it out. You can say Triple H is in charge. You can say Triple H loves women's wrestling. Of course he loves women's wrestling. Look at what he did in NXT. Black and gold. Of course that man loves women's wrestling. He wants the best for women's wrestling. It's all about Vince McMahon. 
Simple. It's all about Vince. He's going to mess everything up. All right. Let's move on, guys, to the next report. Man, I hope you guys enjoyed that, man. I really hope you guys enjoyed that conversation because I put in that work with that conversation. Listen, off the top of the dome, you know, that, that was off the top of the piece. You feel me? I didn't write anything down when I was talking about that. I'm passionate about it, man. I am. I'm also passionate about blood. Are you passionate about blood? I am. But I only want to see it when it's necessary. John Moxley. John Moxley says wrestling is a combat sport. There's potential for blood in every match. Tell him when he's telling lies. He ain't lying there. He ain't lying there. Speaking of Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated, Moxley gave his desperation on why he likes blood and wrestling. Before I read this, I want to really give you guys my opinion. I'm just going to give you guys my opinion. Just real quick because I'm not going in depth or anything like that. I love blood as well too. But I want blood when it's necessary, when the situation and the match calls for it. If you bleed accidentally... Of course, that's the part of the game, part of the business. We see that all the time. But if you're just going to cut yourself or whatever and, you know, do all that, we need blood when it's necessary. That's all I'm trying to say. When it's necessary. Not every week, John Moxley. Like you do, realistically, you look at it as every week. That's why fans are upset. That's why fans... Don't really care about blood that much anymore because AEW's ruined that mystique about blood. And I stand by that. So this is what John Moxley had to say. This is a combat sport, Moxley said. College wrestling is a combat sport too. They have blood timeouts to patch it up. The lowest premier bout of a UFC card or a boxing card. Somebody might have a little blood on their eyebrow or blood coming out of their nose but they're not selling a blood sport it's not tune in for the blood tune in for the gore it's part of the aesthetic it adds realism he's not wrong sometimes when i when i eat let me repeat that sometimes when i don't even want it but i only know one speed that's with my foot to the gas pedal if we're going to do something let's fucking do it you know what I mean? That we can be determinal when it comes to negative things like drugs or alcohol. But that's my mindset. If I'm doing it, I'm doing it. When it comes to blood, it's just going to happen sometimes. Like I said, it's foot to the gas pedal. Some people say this is just a random match. Why is there? Well, uh, there you go. I'm putting my hands up on that shit. Why are we seeing blood in a uh, Ishii and Moxley match? Y'all are hard-hitting dudes. That's for sure. So we'll definitely see some color. But why are we seeing that? Is it necessary? No, it's not. But let's hear what Moxley has to say about this. Some people, this is a random match. Why is there blood? I hear that last week versus Tori Ishii. He's one of the greatest of all time. Yes, he is. I'm not going to let that moment slip by. I'm going to put foot to the foot and put to the foot gas pedal. How can I not? 
Then I hear I can't have a good match without blood. Okay, then you maybe then you made my argument for me. I'll do it every single time. He continued. The point of a discretion is that this is a combat sport, but we're not allowed to have blood in a match unless it's a personal grudge. We're only allowed to have blood after a five-month grudge, after someone slept with someone's wife, or somebody ran over someone with a car. And then a only then are we allowed to have a dramatic crimson mask that looks the exact same every week and every time. For me, realism-wise... Since this is a combat sport, that means there is a potential for blood in every match. Everything in wrestling is preparatory to some degree. But this helps with the suspension of disbelief. If every single match on the card had a busted eyebrow or bloody nose, it would just be a part of the sport. Some gory specter with blood shotting like a horse is pretty unnecessary. We're elbowing each other in the face every single match. We're kicking each other in the face every single match. What are these people mad at if they're not bleeding? Okay. I still stand by what I said. I get what he's saying now because it is a contact sport. And at the end of the day, you know, wrestling is a contact sport and people will bleed. People will bleed and I do agree with that. But at the end of the day, we should really only see blood when it's necessary. Hold on, guys. One second. Let me put my charger into my computer because this shit's about to die. Hold on one second. All right. So, like I said, you know, blood. I mean, we only really need to see it when it's necessary. But I do understand what John Moxley is saying. I really do. I totally get it. All right. Let's move on, guys. Let's talk about Malachi Black. Malachi Black said, I request it to be strictly on AW Collision. Hmm. I wonder why. Let's read it. So, while Tony Khan has started and stretched out that there is no hard brand split for AW Dynamite and AW Collision, House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Julia Hart have been promotely featured on Collision since the show launched. There is a reason for that. Quote, I request it to be strictly on Collision, Malachi said. I don't want people to be, I don't want people to get the pick. Saturday night, I get to see House of Black. If I get the option for Wednesday, Friday, or Saturday, you're going to go. It doesn't really matter. I'll tune in whenever. They'll be here. I don't want to lose the polish. That's an excellent point. That is an excellent point because look at it like this. And I see where he's coming from. If the House of Black are on Wednesday, they're strictly on Wednesday. They're not going to be on Friday. You're not going to see them. They're not going to be on Saturday. Don't tune into that because they're not going to be there. Oh, they're on Saturday, but they're not on Wednesday. They're not on Friday. Okay, so I got to wait to see the House of Black on Saturday. So I'll wait. I like that. I, I, It's a good... A good feeling of that. You know, a lot of people I'm seeing, like Miro, House of Black, Andrade. It's like, those are, that's their show. You feel me? They're strictly on collision. I like that. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool because it extenuates, um, you know, the uh, 
the value of Collision. And if you want to see these guys, you have to go out and watch Collision. I like that. Next up, Eric Bischoff was blown away by Will Ospreay's match with Kenny Omega at Forbidden Door AW New Japan. Speaking on the 83-week podcast, Bischoff was asked to share his thoughts on the bout. He praised the match and stated that he was blown away. The WWE Hall of Famer compared Will Ospreay to a tougher Shawn Michaels and called him or called his in-ring skills otherworldly. He also noted that he didn't know if he had seen anything better in the match. All right, I'll give you guys. You know what? I'm going to wait. Let's see what Bischoff has to say. I did see it. I will also admit that I have not seen much of it. Will Ospreay's work or Magos for that matter. I was blown away. I hate to make comparisons because everybody's unique and different in their own way. But Osprey reminds me of a tougher Shawn Michaels. He's got the look. His in-ring capabilities are just otherworldly at this point. It was like the new school, the new athletic, physical, dramatic, incredibly difficult and high-risk type of offense. It had all of that, but it also had Nick Moshiari, uh, Verengani, uh psychology. So the story was there. So the psychology was there. Dramatic presentation, the athleticism, the things that people clearly dig nowadays, that was there in spikes. There was more than enough of that for anybody who loves the style of the presentation, but it still had great psychology and the pacing of the story. It was great. I don't know if I've seen anything better in terms of a match. They don't have a rock like popularity with the audience. The audience did. That's why I don't like comparing in terms of the story and the action and the believability at all the things that make me excited to watch a wrestling match. I was overdosed on it and I was there for it. It was awesome. All right, Easy E, I see you. I love it. Listen, man, my opinion is this. I didn't really give you guys my opinion on it, really, on the podcast. I'm going to give it to y'all right now. Listen. I'm just going to tell y'all, do not be surprised when I do my my top matches. I don't know what number I'm going to do. Top 10, top 25. I think I'm going to do a top 10, but I'm going to also do honorable mentions before I get to the top 10. So I will do honorable mentions before I eventually get into my top 10 list towards the end of the year. Don't be surprised if you see the Wrestle Kingdom match that they had and this one in the top 10 or even top five don't be surprised i just gave you a teaser plans can change my mind can change more matches are to come it's only july 8th so we'll see what happens but at the end of the day it was a banger man it was a great match uh will osprey and kenny omega their match is never going to be forgotten that's for sure we're going to end it with Booker T. Booker T had this to say on Nikita Lyons. Nikita Lyons has a lot of upside. She could win the NXT women's title. Speaking of the Hall of Fame with Booker T and Brad Gilmore, the WWE Hall of Famer was asked rather he thinks Lyons could become a uh, the top women's wrestler in NXT. And he stated that she could win the title down the road. He said, quote, and he already started off on the right foot she's coming off an injury and she's just now getting back on track 
Yes. Because she gets injured a lot. And that's my problem with Nikita Lyons. I love my girl, Nikita Lyons. I love you. I'm a big supporter. I'm a big supporter of you. I really am. Um, she just needs to stop getting injured. If she stops getting injured and she goes full throttle 100%, she's going to be something crazy. And I think she is. She has a great look. Very attractive woman. And um, if she could just get better in the ring, she's good on the microphone. I understand what she's saying. Um, like I said, if she could just get better in the ring, all the tools that she already has is there. If she can tell a great story with her mannerisms or presentation, she's going to be great. Booker T continued and said, she went out, I don't know, three months ago, but yeah, she's top billing as far as I'm concerned. She's got the talent or she's got a lot of talent. She's got a lot of upside. Her in-ring powers is on point. She's a big girl. Her abilities, man, it's unbelievable for someone of her stature. She could be NXT Women's Champion, no problem. The thing is, what I see with Nikita, if she does get the championship, who's going to beat her? That's the one thing I'm, I'm wondering for her, and I'm worried for her. She could go on a hell of a run. Guys, the fact is this, and I'll end it with this, and then I'll end the podcast here. Nikita Lyons, Tiffany Stratton, is the champion, right? Tiffany Stratton is the champion. What did I say? I said for the longest time, for you new listeners out there, this is what I said. The title is going to go from Roxanne Perez to Tiffany Stratton. It's going to go to Tiffany Stratton to Nikita Lyons. Now, after that, because I believe Cora Jade will be eventually up on the main roster, but if she is not, that title is going to go from Nikita Lyons to Cora Jade. That's if Core Jade is already not on the main roster. If she's on the main roster by then, which I believe she will be, then WWE needs to put more focus on the NXT women's division. Because who is Nikita going to beat, you know, in her run? And then who is eventually going to dethrone the lion? That is the question. That's Shawn Michaels. Right, Balloon, Matt Balloon, and everybody else in NXT management. They got to figure that out. But Booker T's correct. Nikita Lyons, she has it all, has the look. You know, her microphone ability is great. If she could just get better in the ring, she's going to be French Kiss um, and someone that people need to be taken very seriously. So I can't wait for her, you know, to eventually get a lot of momentum underneath her belt. I know she's been through a tough time with injuries. I hope my girl doesn't keep getting injured, man, because that can be an absolute turnoff on WWE. Uh, case in point, Mercedes Monet, she got injured a lot, and WWE really didn't trust her when it was all said and done because she kept getting hurt. Hopefully, Nikita Lyons does not go down that road. She does not deserve that. She's very talented, very gifted. So we'll see what happens, man. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for the continued love and support on the Wrestling Table Podcast. This is it. Um, I'll see you guys for a brand new week of content, of brand new episodes. And until then, this has been Jordan Turner, your host of the Wrestling Table Podcast, the king of the internet wrestling community. I'll see you guys next time. Y'all have a good one. Peace.